And, you know, I said, you know, what, would you, would you, like, wrecked him? You know, I, I, I barely even knew him. Everybody, shut the hell up for a second. Shut up. All right. Hey. I got to see all who's here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jay. Present. Jay, uh, Jay Totoro? No, that's not me. Oh, okay. Jay Totoro. No, not here. Okay. Uh, SNES Drunk. Present. Okay, SNES Drunk. Good. Uh, Ness Friend. Looks like you, you might also go by Travis. No Travis, no 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 Ness for okay. Who who the hell is that? Come on. Nobody knows Travis or where he might be. Okay. Um J uh Gaming J. Present. Okay. Good. That's me this time. So half of us are here. Thank you all for coming. Um I think we're gonna have a great 174th episode of the Classic Gaming Podcast on this April first of two thousand twenty two. Um and I would like to welcome you to to this episode of the podcast. So well so welcome everybody. Thanks. Jay and Alex, it's been too long. I'm super excited to have you guys back on. What's been going on with you? Jay? What's going on with you, man? Uh yeah, what's up with you? Life <laughs> is so busy. That's mm. what's up with me. I uh have not had nearly enough time to play the games that I want to play. Um, Only the ones yeah. you don't want to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have to play the ones I don't want to play because I, I got my little uh, series. Although some of the ones I do want to play are in that series. You have an enormous um, commitment to fulfill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm in so deep, I really can't get out now. I'm. <laughs> you yeah. know, I could have quit if I was like 100 games in, but I've, I've come too far. Yeah, you know, I was thinking uh, that the other day. Like we, we've kind of—I know we've kind of talked about this before when you've been on. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so first off, anybody who is like a new listener or something like that and is not familiar with Gaming J, Gaming J or J has his uh, has a YouTube channel. Uh, one thousand—I f- f- can't forget the exact fucking title. What is it? Let's play a thousand one games. Let's play a thousand one games with Gaming J, and uh, you are going through every game in the. 1001 games you uh to play before you die book and how long has it been going on now seven years man seven years and yeah you are on episode (laughs) i want to say almost at 700 oh almost at at 700 okay 681 was the most recent one okay 681 yeah so anyway i was thinking about that the other day and like because you had said in the past like I was like, do you ever question whether this was a good idea or something like that? Or like, or, you know, like whether you would get sick of it and you were like, yes, all the time. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was watching, uh, you know, some of your episodes, uh, just like all through the past, you know, couple weeks. And, uh, I was like, damn, he really isn't too deep to give up if he ever, if he ever felt like it. <laughs> well, I'm so close. I, I know I have, to, I have to go through with it. Yeah. It would just, it would just be like you would feel like all that time was just, if you're like me, if I got that far and just gave up, I would be like, whoop, I just wasted the last seven years of my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as busy as life has been recently, it's not so busy that I'm, you know, don't have time to play a couple of games a week. So right. 
still at it, still enjoying it. Yeah, well, I just looked it up. Um, <clears throat> the the Joe and Mac playthrough we did, or I should say, quote unquote playthrough, since uh, I choked at the end against the final boss. But uh, uh, that was two and a half years ago. Yeah. Jeez. Isn't that insane? It feels like it was like a few months ago. <laughs> it's, it's, I remember, I remember watching like screwed that. Screwed up the time. You know what's yeah, funny? We, I we did this in August 2019. So yeah, that's August 29th. Holy shit! Yeah, can't um, believe that. The other the other day, I went back just to kind of reminisce, and I was listening to the first episode, both of the first episodes that y'all were on on the podcast and I was trying to figure out which episode was the first one for Alex. Yours was pretty easy to find. I think because it was like a pretty early episode of ours and then, but Jay's I couldn't find that easily. So I was going back through my emails, like looking way back, seeing when I first reached out to him and Jay, I don't know if you remember this, but like, there was about a seven or eight month period between me first contacting you and then you actually coming on. Oh, really? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what it was, but I kept being like, I think I was, I guess I must've just been waiting for the exact right moment, whatever that is. But, uh, you need an intern, Robert. I guess so. But like, <laughs> that's I, a long delay, man. I thought I was behind on that. Yeah. I had like, you know, emails in between, like every couple months, I would send you an email, be like, hey, just let you know, I haven't forgotten. It's just, uh, this episode wasn't good. That, that one wasn't a good time. Uh, I'm thinking maybe like, you know, four or five months out from now, it will be good. Like, <laughs> I don't know. were hurt the entire time. I was <laughs> questioning whether you even actually wanted me, but oh, we hurt. made it through. I don't know. I honestly don't know what in the hell I was thinking or what was going on, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, I was like, what, the, what? I, I just don't know why. I don't know why that was, but for whatever reason felt like, you know, seven months later was going to be the time to get you on. <laughs> so. well, I mean, I reached out to you guys right before like Christmas or something. I was like, had this idea for collaboration, which oh, right. I still think I want to do at some point, but it's like, you know, I haven't followed up with you guys because I've been myself just so busy right like yeah we like gonna do a busy. like a three-player beat-em-up something lo- along those lines yeah Four what was player it actually was the idea what Four player it? okay with with jay totoro yeah yeah get you guys all involved i thought it'd be fun had we yeah. decided on a game i don't remember we uh i, I had a proposal um i, I mean re- i don't care we could say it or we could keep it a mystery either way. It, we'll keep it a mystery okay but I kind of remember us talking about something specific, but it's still being like a little bit up in the air. But I don't remember what it was. Specifically. One, th- one issue is like if you try and play retro games online with people uh, and, and me and uh, Alex experienced this with Joe and Mac is like the net play code sometimes is a little uh, touchy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Um, but just recently I heard that RetroArch had totally revamped their net code and it was actually much more stable now. Um, oh, sweet. So, yeah. And it's pretty simple. You just set up a lobby and you join just like, you know, most other like, you know, the Capcom beat em up mm-hmm. uh, compilation, for example, does the same thing where it's just you set up a thing you can join. There you are. It works pretty well. Hell yeah. Well, Alex, yeah. you are you are the SNES drunk. I'm a SNES drunk. Yeah. You're, there's more. There's there's others. Are there others? Uh, there could be. I don't know. <laughs> There might be some guy living, you know, in the middle of nowhere that that decided to name himself that. I don't know. 
So just like, so again, if there's any new listeners, if you're not familiar with Alex, Alex, you run SNES Drunk. You are SNES Drunk. You run SNES Drunk, uh, which is a, which is another YouTube channel where you play Super Nintendo games, other other games as well, but obviously primarily Super Nintendo. And uh, you do like short, just kind of like, not so much reviews, but just like, hey, this is what this game is about. And like a little bit of a review, like, yeah, and it also sucks or or this is the best game ever. <laughs> Yeah, well, the whole idea is to like set expectations. Like, here's some footage. Here's who made it. Here's when it came out. Here's what else those people made. And uh, yeah, it's it's. I try I try and sum that up in a way that's not like dryly reading off a Wikipedia page or something like that. Right. I try and make it at least a little interesting, and you know, once in a while, throw in some like obscure '90s baseball players like. Uh, you know, Mark Gubiza or something like that, or <laughs> Gary Gaetti. You know, it's like, oh, that guy looks like Gary Gaetti. He looks nothing like Gary Gaetti, but I, li- I like j- name dropping those guys. It brings me back to my baseball card days, but yeah, that's what you can expect from SNES Drunk. Speaking of which, you also have Drunk Friend where you guys talk about 90s athletes. <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, that's not all we do. But <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> they also drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, we just, um, we, we try and have guests on every once in a while. Um, we, we've had uh, Sam Griffin from. Uh, that sounds like a 90s athlete. <laughs> Sam Griffin. Yeah, Sam Griffin, the point guard for the Golden State Warriors back in, you know, 1993. No, uh, Sam Griffin is uh, one of the super guitar bros. He's a guitar oh, hell player yeah. fellow. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. We also had Frank Cifaldi from the Video Game History Foundation. That was really cool. Um, David Ortiz, he's a musician. And now he actually is a baseball player, David Ortiz. <laughs> but he just happens to share the same name. Um, yeah, we, we try and have... Uh, we try and reach out and find some interesting people and uh stuff like that to to pick their brains um but then sometimes we we also just like read emails that people send us and just bullshit for like an hour right it's a fun one i first off i feel really weird like it, like introducing y'all to the audience because in my head i'm like certainly everybody knows who both of you are uh if for no other reason than y'all have been on a shitload of times yeah right but just in case want to give everybody yeah. a little bit of background uh yeah I don't know why this pop just popped up in my head, but when we were talking about '90s athletes, I remembered that when I was in high school, which was like late '90s, I was looking. I I had found my old baseball card collection, which would have been from like the late '80s, and I was like, just I had like some friends over, and like I just found it, and I was kind of flipping through it, and I found this one baseball card, and it was a four. It was for a baseball player named Rusty Cunts. And <laughs> I was like, this is, player. Too, this is too oh perfect. Goodness. I taped it onto my, I remember I taped it onto my monitor, like very prominently and just like left it there for a year or so. And the, the best thing about the guy was not only his name, but he had like the world's greatest unibrow as well. <laughs> You know, I was just talking about that with somebody the other day where, like, baseball players back in the day, they just looked like regular dudes. They looked like <laughs> yeah. just, like, dads that you see at the park, like, they sitting really on the did. bench looking at their phone, 
you know, while their kid plays on the playground, like that sort of thing. It's like they just, I remember my brother slightly overweight. Yeah, slightly. They got the dad bod action going. You know, they they're like five ten, weigh like two ten, and you know, <laughs> just, they're wearing you know polo shirt tucked into jeans or something like that. <laughs> and I remember my brother texting me um, a picture of this uh, twins middle reliever, and he says, "Guess how old this guy is?" And I'm looking at this guy. You know, and he, it's it, all it is is just like a portrait picture. And this dude, uh, I can't remember his name, but I was like, there's no way this guy, this guy's younger than 40. And he's like, oh, that guy's like 25 years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, the, the guy, like baseball players, for whatever reason, in that era, just looked old. I think it was all the cigarettes if I, and the tobacco, yeah. if I had to guess. Yeah, that, I'm sure that was it. Like, everybody just lived in a big tobacco haze. Everybody was smoking <laughs> in their own houses. Dude, my mom, uh, when she first got a job uh, in downtown St. Paul as a typist, she used to tell me about, um, like, yeah, the in the in the office building, there'd be people just like smoking at their desks, like all the walls <laughs> yeah. and the ceiling would be like stained yellow. That's so weird to think about. Like, I can That's never cool. imagine I that, that today. Was like, okay, yeah, yeah. The crazy like, thing is also, you know, obviously, you know, as you all both know, like people smoking in restaurants too. It's like, do you want the smoke? On airplanes. Yeah. On air, that's the craziest. The fact that people you smoke on, on damn airplanes. That's so stupid. How did, how was that ever okay with anybody? Like not even, not even with the health considerations in mind, like even aside from that, like how did that ever pass? Oh, I just have a small torch in my hand as <laughs> <laughs> in this airplane. Yeah, that's a yeah. good idea. Uh, Not if you have too much liquid in a single container. Mm-mm. <laughs> right. right. What now is this? Can't smoke on an airplane? Direction. 180. Yeah. I have a quick retraction to make, by the way. I just looked up Rusty Cunt's baseball card on Google. And I, I must have been thinking of somebody else with unibrow because Rusty Kuntz was actually a good-looking guy. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's Google this guy. Let's roll, take a roll of the dice. and. Uh, I have a feeling Google he Rusty. probably is. Are you, sh- are you sure he's not pronouncing his last name Kuntz? I'm just going to say I'm sure. <laughs> well, he might be saying it that way, but I'm sure everyone else did not. <laughs> That poor guy. Yeah, he's yeah. He does not look like a guy named Rusty Cunts. That's for sure. No, he he looked like somebody. Like if you told me he was famous, I'd be like, yeah, he looks like a famous baseball player. He looks like yeah. a baseball player for for sure. He's got the jaw. Yeah, his, I think uh, it's the the jaw. He looks like a guy named Dale, but he probably is ten years younger than he looks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's something in the air back then. I guess I don't know. <laughs> you know what's funny? So I never. I never used Bing, but I just used it for this out of curiosity. It automatically, when you search Rusty Cunts, turns you to extremely safe search. <laughs> you know, like by default, it does moderate. When you type in Rusty Cunts, it goes, uh, well, what did it call it? Strict. It goes into strict you, mode. You know, in this case, that's probably a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd want to do, you know, the totally <laughs> off filter. For yeah, that. let's just, th- thanks, Bing. You, for, for once, for once, thank you. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm going to leave safe search on for this one. 
Yeah, thanks for doing that. I ramped I, I, it up a little. <laughs> I, I what what would the non the non surf sage would be like some some kind of steampunk thing or something? I'm guessing. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that I think probably that's the best you could ask for. See it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, <laughs> enough of that. Uh, Jay, I want to hear from yeah. you about something that you were telling us right before we started recording. Oh uh, yeah. You're working on a game. Yeah, so um, we were talking about like what we were playing recently, and I was mentioning that um, I haven't been playing as much recently, but one thing I have been working on in my time off is a game. Um, so for uh, people who have watched my channel for a long time, you they probably know that uh, one of my favorite set of DOS games ever were the... Um, uh, Battletech uh, Power Hits games. So Battletech. Like sorry, you you went out for a second. Was it Battletech? I went out for a second. Okay. Yeah. yeah sorry, my monitor cut out. Um. Anyway, some of my favorite old school DOS games were uh, these Battletech Power Hits games. Yeah. So there was Crescent Hawks Inception, which was like an RPG. Uh, Crescent Hawks Revenge, which is more like tactical. It was made by Westwood Studios before they made Dune Two. So almost real time strategy. I was actually and that's then, really uh, weird that you say that that this came up because I was watching that particular video recently. Oh, were you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's cool. Uh, and then uh, Mech Warrior One. Um, and so all of these games, like the common theme, is they're in the BattleTech universe, and it's a mix of RPGs and mech combat. And I always loved that as a kid, and I was always disappointed there weren't more games. And uh, about a year ago, um, I found an old game I had made in high school, which was an attempt to make a sequel to those games. And I had stolen all their art assets and stuff <laughs> and like in high school and programmed up uh, sort of a primitive sequel. And uh, I, I kept thinking after that, you know, I did like a little video on my channel and showed it to people and I put it up so people could get it fresh. But I was like, man, I, I, I kind of wish I could find the source code and like clean it up a little. And I couldn't find the source code anymore. It's lost. But then I started to think, I mean, I'm a, you know, I, I'm a pretty handy programmer and I've learned a bit in the last 20 years. I was like, I bet I could dummy something up. And so it kind of started as just a like, what if in the summer? And I've been working on it here and there over the months and have a pretty workable game that uh, I don't know exactly when I'm going to do something with it, but I'm thinking of doing maybe like a live stream to show people the current state of it at some point, And then maybe in the summer have some kind of like demo that people can play so that's awesome uh, yeah so that's sort of in the pipeline at some point so is this is, so this is more of a tactical one right it's a total mashup of all three games okay oh so cool it has the rpg elements where you walk around like uh, a starport and you can visit a mech at lube and look at mechs for sale and you can like hire pilots and like get contracts or get trained. You can go to an arena and bet on fights or you can take your mechs Ooh. into combat or rent mechs. So it's like sort of you have like a, a crew that you manage and walk around. You can travel to pl different planets and stuff. And then the actual combat itself is sort of like the Crescent Hawks Revenge where it's a bit of a tactical right, okay. sort of real-time strategy, but you can pause at any point and issue orders and micromanage and stuff. Um and yeah, so it's, I guess it's more the two Crescent Hawks games mashed up with sort of some of the contract and mercenary work from MechWarrior 1. 
That's well, pretty that's, sweet. That sounds pretty badass. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, I hope well, it lives up to the expectations when it comes out. <laughs> that's one thing I, I loved about uh, Wing Commander is where you just you can go to the bar and like just talk to people and people yeah, yeah. mention stuff like that. So any, anything that has that kind of like um, that world building element to it like that is 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 pretty fun. Yeah. And one of the things I'm trying to do is uh, I'm all the sort of world and stuff around it is scriptable and the maps are made with uh, an open source map editor called Tiled, which is used pretty commonly in indie games. So my hope is that when it goes out, other people who are interested will be able to like make their own campaigns, add new maps, do whatever they want with it. So it'll be very modifiable. Sweet. Damn. Well, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing some of this once you have something to show us. Yeah. All right, well, badass. Um, well, if anybody didn't figure it out yet, um, you, well, you should have easily from the fact that he was not present for the roll call. Jay Totoro is out. He's got a lot of stuff going on, and he just said he's going to have to sit this one out. And so because of that, our game of the quarter, which was supposed to be today, Final Fantasy VIII, we're going to hold off on that one. And uh, Jay and I are going to discuss that on the next episode, which should be about three weeks from this one. And we'll do Game of the Quarter then. So if you uh, want to write in about uh, Final Fantasy VIII, write in your thoughts. The next episode is when we're going to be doing that. So you have a little extra time to get those to, to get those thoughts in. Email us, mail at Classic Gaming Podcast, and we'll, we'll go over that next time. For now, I have these two fine gentlemen with me, which we've done this before. Do you guys remember like three or four years ago, we did the same thing. Like Jay was gone for some reason. I was like, hey, y'all want to just come on? And uh, and we did this. We had the same situation. It rings a bell. It was, yeah, I think I, I think I remember. Back in ye it, olden days. Yeah, it yeah. was like ye olden days. The, I, I I'm not. <laughs> I don't just have you guys like. Well, these are my fill-ins. If Jay's gone, but I was like <laughs> actually wanting to get both of you guys on soon because it's been a long, kind of a long. It's been like a year since either of you all have been on. Maybe even a little mm. bit more. And I was like, well, fuck. This is the perfect time, I guess. So, we're doing it again, boys. Let's talk about news. Jay, I have you probably you may have heard of this. You are uh, Jay. You're a controller uh, aficionado. Yes, that is true. May, some might say hoarder. Yes, that is true. And oh. <laughs> have you seen the Sonic controller? No. What is this? Have I got some news for you? Oh my god! This is a Sonic controller. The uh, it's an Xbox controller, and it is furry. I'm showing it to you both. Oh. Right, it's not just furry; <laughs> it is very furry. Right? Yeah, and the knuckles one too. Yes, yeah, the knuckles. Yes, yeah, so there's a blue one for Sonic and a red knuckles one. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually really interesting. <laughs> it's one of those things that you're like, this is absolutely ridiculous and it's a terrible idea. But damn, yeah, am I like, glad that they actually did this. <laughs> that first going to get matted down in like a couple days. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to get matted down. It's going to absorb hand sweat. I don't know. Do y'all, I actually don't get sweaty. Do y'all get sweaty hands when you play? I know that's a thing. But it, but I don't. My hands never sweat when I use a controller. It depends on the game, I'd say. 
It depends on the game for me. Okay. I can remember playing Tetris on the original Game Boy when I was a kid and my hands would sweat like crazy and I would have to pause it to like wipe my hands on my pants. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Tetris that brought that out of me, but but yeah, uh, <clears throat> the, the, these controllers are going to accumulate so much Cheeto dust oh, and potato chip grease and, you know, like meat sweats and... <laughs> Well, you'll have to bathe them. You'll need to literally shampoo your controller. You have to shampoo it. That's what I was just thinking. Like, I hope they're waterproof. Uh, you know, I hope they're waterproof because you know behind the fur, of course, because they're gonna need shampooing for sure. You got a guy using a toothbrush to like clean. <laughs> you have to check them for ticks every now and then, or or, or fleas. Get shots and then eventually put it down. <laughs> The life cycle of a Sonic controller. That's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about how dumb it is, which it is dumb, but I am, I really like, like if I was a Sonic fan, I would probably buy both of these just because, just because they had the audacity to make something like this. I just, I, I really love that. I think it's awesome. You know, it's funny. I just checked the link because it is April 1st. So I just wanted to make sure. But no, this news came out like two weeks right. ago. Right? Yeah, the news came out a couple, like a week or so ago. Um, this is a real thing. Now, what if this is like space? Like maybe Microsoft in, invested in really space age fur technology that can never get matted down. Will dirt will you know be pushed away from it through static? Like maybe this is like really advanced technology fur we're dealing with here. Maybe it is. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is Microsoft, like you said. Um, hold on. Feel weird though. It's got to feel really strange. Yeah. Okay, I'm reading a little bit more in this article, and it's not it's not entirely clear. But these might be like they're only making two of them or something like that. Because it says to celebrate the upcoming film Sonic the Hedgehog two to release a limited time only custom Xbox Series S console and Xbox wireless controllers through to enter to win sweepstakes. So, so these they, might be They might not things. actually yeah, they might not actually be selling these. Well, see now I'm disappointed. I am too. As, as much as I just mocked them, I kind of did want them. <laughs> now that you can't have them, now, now you're now you come crawling yeah, well, back. Yeah, now I want one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it is it is the kind of controller if I could get it would like stay on a shelf as a display item most of the time but that's probably the best use for yeah for probably um, so okay well but that being the case Jay I hope that you win these I hope so too I should <laughs> enter the contest you should okay well let's uh, I think that's all I've got for no no I'm sorry I do have a couple other news things um Everybody loves a good Square Enix soundtrack, am I right? Especially like for their RPGs, especially for Final Fantasy series, for Chrono Trigger. They are known for it. They are known for it. They have released basically all of their like good soundtracks on YouTube. They have a Square Enix music channel now that they just... Uh, like YouTube music channel that they just like put up 
about a month ago, I want to say. And it has, I'll give you the link here if you want to check it out. It, um, oh wait, I gave you the link to the Reddit post. Here's the, uh, here's the actual channel. Just type in Square Enix music channel. Just Google Square Enix music channel. Uh, if you like, you know, people at home that want to find this, but (laughs) just scroll through it. They've got every Final Fantasy game. They have the whole Saga series. They have the Mana series. They have the Chrono series, the Nier series, uh, some other miscellaneous stuff. Uh, Bravely Default, Octopath Traveler, Neo, The World Ends With You. Uh, just like basically all you could want more or less from uh, like Square Enix RPG soundtracks. Yeah. I feel uh, like I feel like this is a what companies should be doing with their music because it's going to end up on yeah. YouTube one way or the other. So might as well put up yourselves and get that sweet ad revenue. Right. Exactly. I don't. I can't. I, I'm. I. I'm with you. I don't know why more people don't do this. But uh. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's pretty awesome that they did. And then the other, the only other thing I have is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection has been announced. This is a collection of classic Ninja Turtles games uh, released by Konami that's coming out sometime this year. I don't know when exactly, but uh, it's going to be $40. It's going to be on Switch, Xbox, PlayStation, and Steam. And they are there are 11... For, this is pretty, pretty, pretty amazing, actually. It's 40 bucks. 11 classic Ninja Turtles games. These are the games you get. The uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm just going to I'm just going to skip saying Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for all these cuz every one of the titles starts yeah, off with that. That can be assumed. <laughs> you can assume that. Thank you. The arcade game, the original arcade game. Turtles in Time, the arcade game. The NES game. Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project. Oh, sorry, that's the NES version. Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game for NES. Ninja Turtles 3, the Manhattan Project for NES. Tournament Fighters for NES. Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, which of course is Super Nintendo. Uh, Tournament Fighters for Super Nintendo. I didn't know there was an, an NES version of Tournament Fighters. That's... I didn't know either, actually. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> no, it's bad. It's just as good as you'd think an eight-bit right. fighting game would be. Yeah, okay, it's not okay. good. I, yeah, I, the I, Nintendo really did not have up. fighting games. Really? Yeah, you're right. There really wasn't until Super. It was like Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis is when they really popped. Yeah. Yeah, Street Fighter Two era. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Turtles in Time tournament fighters. The Hyperstone Heist for Sega Genesis. That's supposed to be really good. I have not played it, though. I think um, it's basically just Turtles in Time with a few different levels from what I have read. It's, it's the original arcade game with a few different levels. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah it's, okay. That, that's another one that's kind of a weird inclusion because it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, here's here's a home console version of the original arcade, which yeah, is yeah. also on here. Kind of weird, but yeah, the, the the it does have some extra stuff though. Okay, tournament fighters for Sega Genesis. So we get three versions of tournament fighters: uh, Fall of the Foot Clan for Game Boy, 
Ninja Turtles 2 back from the sewers from uh from game for Game Boy. And finally Ninja Turtles 3 Radical Rescue also for Game Boy. Um there is the they're also including the Japanese version of all of these except for Turtles in Time Arcade and Tournament Fighters NES. And then there is online functionality. So online multiplayer, I assume is what oh. online functionality means for the are so for TMNT Arcade, Turtles in Time Arcade, Hyperstone Heist, and Tournament Fighters Super Nintendo. That's excellent. That's pretty that's, badass. That's the reason to get that right there. Uh yeah, I 100% agree. Like I'm very very much looking forward to this. Now, is this being timed? Because I know they're releasing a, a new Ninja Turtles arcade game style fighter game. Is yes. this being timed like with that or before to build up hype? Or? They have not announced a specific date for either of them, but but I but both of them have been announced for this year. I think that'd be a good assumption, though. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, yeah. But that's they, a lot of Ninja Turtles for one year. Oh my gosh! It is a it's hell not of enough. A lot. <laughs> I I I love that they uh with collections like this they the Castlevania did the same thing where they they put those Game Boy games on there yeah and I I always end up really enjoying them although I will say the first I I do remember the first uh, Follow the Foot Clan being an extremely extremely limited game uh even by Game Boy standards like it's it's a two D beat 'em up and it's it almost plays like one of those Tiger handheld games. Like it's oh my gosh! So limited, but the I I have not. I, I think that scared me off of the other two games. I I have not played those, so I'm excited so, to check those out. I had followed the Foot Clan, but I don't remember anything about it. Just besides, it was 2D side scrolling. Yeah, I just remember fighting on top of a train, and then there's <laughs> like uh, foot soldiers that pop up. And it's so like the animation is like two frames for everybody. <laughs> right. It's it's and the attacks are extremely just jank, and it's just, it's just not good. I mean, it would have been fun, you know, like you know, on a car ride to Iowa when you're a kid or something like that. But sure. But uh, playing it now, uh, yeah, the novelty is going to wear off in a couple minutes. Gotcha. Well, uh, so that's again coming out sometime this year. Nobody knows when exactly. Um, and, oh, okay, real quickly, the only other kind of, this isn't really classic gaming related, but I guess it tangentially is, Street Fighter Six has been announced. Mm. Um, oh, and it had that terrible logo. It had the terrible logo. It had the very large Ryu, or Ryu. Oh, uh, yeah, Grandpa Ryu, yeah. And that's all, that's literally all that we know so far, so. So the only news is that yes, they are working on Street Fighter Six, and it has a bad logo. That was a that was evidently. I just remember seeing the logo. It, it looked like the most generic thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's like, like what? Like, why? What was wrong with the old one that you've been using for thirty damn years? Like, why couldn't couldn't we just keep that one? Got to mix it up. I guess, but then somebody <laughs> discovered that they pretty much took it from a logo like like one of these websites where you like buy a logo design uh it's like 
99% the same as some logo that somebody found on one of those. So, which is also really weird. It's like, Capcom, can you not afford to have your own graphic designers come up with a damn logo? That's weird. Uh, but yeah, the logo... Capcom tries, but they're, they're <laughs> an old company. They are. Um, I hope it's good, but obviously we're just gonna have to wait and see. Okay, so let's talk about the games we've been playing. Um, how about Alex? You go first. Tell us, tell us about one or even a couple if you want to of the of, the, of classic games that, that you've uh, played recently. Well, a whole bunch, really, because okay. uh, the way that, um, like for example, this the the video I put out uh, just yesterday actually. Um, deals with English-friendly Famicom games. So these are NES games that uh, weren't released outside of Japan, or at least most of them were. Some might have gotten like a reissue or have been part of like a compilation. Like uh, one of the games covered is Splatterhouse for for oh, cool. uh, Famicom, and that that's like a cartoony version. You yeah, know, no it's like it looks like a little like kid-friendly Splatterhouse. Yeah, Konami liked to do that. They did that with Castlevania too when they made Kid Dracula, where it's oh, right. it's the, it's the same thing, but it's all like doofy and you know cartoony. <laughs> so um, yeah, and that's the thing is, is though, is when they do that, they th- those are still really good games. Yeah, yeah, like, they're still fun. Um, the controls are like really spot on, and you know it feels like you're playing like a really polished game. They're not just like throwing those out as like joke games or anything like that. So, but yeah, that's, that's one. Um, but the way I, the, the way I, I put these videos together, like that video in particular probably took, uh, almost a year because, um, the, uh, I don't do everything all at once. What I do is I just kind of keep my ear to the ground for certain stuff. And then it's okay. like, okay, I want to do a part two of this, uh, English friendly Famicom games thing. So I've got two games right now, and then like a month will go by, and I'll come up, I'll find another game, I'll add it to the list, you know, I'll get some footage here and there when I have time, and then you know, in a couple months will go by, I'll find maybe one or two more games, and you know, it's and then it gets to the point where it's like, okay, I've, I've got twelve, I think I can find, I finally have a video here, and then I kind, that's at that point when I dive in, so. Gotcha. You know, that sounds like a good way to do it, as opposed to just like trying to find stuff. Yeah, I bring this up because I brought this up to Trav uh, yesterday, and he was looking. You know, he I I could practically see see him look at me like I have two heads, <laughs> where it's like, how do you do that? Like what? Like I don't understand. And it's like, dude, I have like twenty five, thirty list ideas like that. Where right. I'm. I'm constantly like taking notes and, you know, jotting things down. And I've got this big uh, Google Docs thing of uh, all sorts of like list ideas that I want to do. It's just I can't sit down and do them all, at, you know, all at once. I have to wait till I guess they they're ready. So uh, otherwise it, it gets to the point where it gets forced where it's like, OK, I need I need to shoehorn some crappy games into this video to yeah. make to make sure that it gets done. It's like, I don't want to do that. Like, that's stupid. But, um, yeah. Um, but I, wa- I also wanted to bring up the other game, uh, that's, uh, kind of unusual for the Super Nintendo. Since you brought it up earlier, Robert, uh, before we started recording, uh, Waku Waku Ski Wonder Shoot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's a mode seven skiing game, downhill skiing, 
and it's got your classic Japanese flavor to it with uh, a guy in a banana suit. Um, that's that's one of your characters you can race as. Uh, you can also race as like some kind of Starman kind of a deal. Um, it's a combat racing game. You can fire off, uh, you know, blue fireballs and, and stuff like that. It's uh, it's pretty fun. It's uh, there aren't any, there isn't another skiing. game. It's basically like just a Mario Kart ripoff, but it's skiing and it's and it's weird, and you know, it's kind of fun, I guess. So, yeah, if you're into that, kind of fun, I guess, <laughs> doesn't sound like a huge endorsement. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, don't go out of your way to play it or right. anything like that. But um, it's one of those ones that's like fine. If if you happen to be if you happen to find yourself playing it, you're not going to necessarily regret it. <laughs> you wake up one morning and you have a controller in your lap, and that game is playing. It's go like, ahead, hey, go I, for it. I'm, I'm in a good How place right happen? now. <laughs> yeah, and I wish I woke up in the morning like that. Wouldn't that <laughs> Midway be... through playing something. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? That that'd be a nice way to wake up. Just like. Oh, yeah. okay. Shit, I'm playing a game. All right. Oh, what is oh, this? Is skiing? <laughs> Downhill skiing? That's weird. <laughs> Downhill skiing and I have I have projectiles, I guess maybe. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically all I've all I've been playing uh in the past. Um I hope to be able to be playing that aforementioned Ninja Turtles game soon. Uh because that game looks effing all that's ex- that's as excited for a game as I've been. Oh, so not in, not the not the collection, but uh, Shredder, the collection. Shredder's Revenge. Shredder's Revenge, the original game that's going to be coming out. I cannot wait to play that. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I'm very excited about that too. And and luckily, I have like other friends who are also excited about it so, because that's the way it needs to be played. Oh, of course, yeah. Okay, cool. So that's pretty much it for the stuff that that you've been playing. So. Well, so Waku Waku, not again, not bad, not great. It's fine, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's 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 you know, there are some people that really dig racing games. So uh, only yeah, if you accidentally is, find yourself playing it, if you just accidentally, you know, just like pop out of the sky onto a couch with a controller in your lap, <laughs> it's like, oh, I, here I am playing this game. Well, it's not bad. Okay, Jay, over to you. What have you been playing? Well, I know there's one game you want to talk about, but before we get to that, um, (sighs) on the theme of random sports games, um, one game I played recently uh, that was kind of on theme and funky was Ninja Golf for the Atari (laughs) 7800, (laughs) which uh, I never had as a kid. Um, It's like I, I, you know, I might be getting this wrong, but I think it was basically meant to be a competitor to the NES, more or less. It came out around that era. Um, And it has a lot of the old Atari games, but just spruced up a bit. And I guess in my head, I never thought of it as that advanced of a console because the Atari games were looking dated by the time the NES was coming out, you know? Um, But Ninja Golf is kind of an interesting game. Excuse me. I wouldn't consider it, like, amazing, I guess I'd put it in the same category that if you woke up and you were playing it, then uh, maybe you'd keep playing it for a bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, the whole premise is you're a ninja who's golfing and you hit your ball. And then rather than riding a cart or anything to it, you run to it. And on the way running to your ball, a bunch of ninjas and sharks and frogs and stuff attack you. The usual ninjas and sharks and frogs. 
Yeah, obviously. Um, and I like the combat is pretty simple. Like we were just talking about like the, the, what was it? Fall of the foot clan or whatever on game boy, which is a, like a 2d brawler. Yeah. And I would say this is probably pretty similar in terms of complexity. Like it's, it's very basic. Um, so yeah, it, it's more, I found the concept interesting and I thought if somebody took this and like remade it in modern times and made it a bit more sophisticated, a bit more power ups, a bit more complexity to the levels, like, Kind of an interesting idea. Um, and when you make it to the green, there's no putting. You fight a dragon. Um, and that's how you finish. Oh, really? that's cool. As it should yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch golf. But uh, one thing that, oddly enough, was hard when I was playing it is I guess I've played so many old games for, like, uh, you know, old computers and stuff that sometimes I play an old game like this and my brain thinks you have to press up to jump because a lot of these old games did that. <laughs> yeah. They would have, they wouldn't have a button. They would have up be jump. And I hate when up is jump. Yeah, uh, it's the worst. But I was playing this game and I had a button to jump, but I kept pressing up, and so I kept taking <laughs> hits. And I was like, "Wow, it's crazy!" Like I can't not think of this as one of those games where you press up to jump. Um, so anyway, that was one that I played. Um, I've, I've seen this game like I've seen the cover for this game before and I and I don't know why but I've never thought to look into figure out exactly what is ninja golf like I never have checked out the gameplay or anything which you would think is the first thing you would do anytime you see something called ninja golf with a cover like this but I never um, did. and you know what you're not wrong to it's not a great game I'd say um but uh it's interesting. I, I like I like the concept a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think one of my one of my viewers left a comment, and they they had the perfect description for this because the golf part of the game is admittedly very basic, and they were like, "This feels like the dev was tasked with making a golf game, but they wanted to make a ninja game." So they made that. <laughs> that could be so. So so the golfing is pretty. So is it just like press A to wind up, press A to swing? Yeah, it's like you aim where you want to go. And then there's sort of like uh, a, a dot that shows you where your golf ball is going to go, yeah. and it constantly moves forward, and then it resets back to you. So it's just sort of constantly sliding forward. And then when you press the button, wherever the dot is, that's where your ball ends up. Oh, so if you're so, like trying to get maximum distance and you hit it just a little bit too late, then it basically goes nowhere? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there, there's some gameplay mechanic to it, but you know, like if you think of like the classic golf mechanic, it's like Mario Golf or sure. NES Golf. Like you have that meter and you got to hit the button twice. And yep. So it's like the golf part could be more complicated. The fighting, if the fighting was more like double dragon and the golf was more like NES golf, that would be a crazy interesting mashup. I think. Yes, I think so too. So, um, but it was, it was fun to try. Um, and then, uh, as you know, another recent one I played was Qbert, which obviously oh, right. everybody knows. Um, and, I sometimes go into these old games, like the classic ones, like Qbert and stuff, and I think, oh yeah, like this is gonna be easy, and I forget how like hard. Dude, these I do the are. same exact thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, like there's a weird delay in Qbert where you try and jump between blocks, and it's like it's just long enough to get constantly <laughs> screwed up, uh, and then the the snakes or whatever the heck are chasing you get you. Um, Plus, I mean, Qbert's like that isometric view, and sometimes I go to press 
like up to the left or the right, you know, and like my guy jumps off a cliff. Like it's it's hard to precisely indicate to Cubert where to go. Yes, you know you know what I did about so I played this on I have this on uh, Nintendo, and I played it probably eight months ago for the podcast. The best thing that I figured out to do is to just turn the control. I'm sure you were probably playing it on computer, right? Um. So I was I played the arcade version oh, and I did play versions, the NES yeah. version, but I used uh, a Super Nintendo controller. Okay, so turn the controller at a forty-five degree angle to where the D-pad is pointing directly in the directions that you need it to be, and that helped me like immensely. I mean, the game is still very hard, regardless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you don't, at least you don't make the dumb mistake anymore of just like, oh, I just jumped off the edge because I pressed up and I wanted to go up left, but he went up and right. Got to do the same thing with uh, Marble Madness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Wait, okay, so I know Marble Madness, I'm, I'm picturing it in my head. I know it is the same viewpoint, but is it? But is up not up when you press up? It, well, it's, it's the same the kind of idea where you you want to uh rotate it 45 degrees so it makes sense uh it's uh i don't know it's hard to explain i haven't played it in a long time i just remember actually doing that with the okay. controller when I played. <laughs> so same same and same it idea. made it a lot easier yeah same situation huh okay. yeah i think people who can rotate the controller and that works for them are lucky because again my brain doesn't work that way it just doesn't do it just doesn't when i rotate the that. controller it's like i think oh the controller's rotated and so it's like i have to make adjustments even oh, though no. i know i don't and i end up counter acting <laughs> yeah i'm your brain like overcompensates for the controller being turned yeah yeah I, <laughs> there's there's basically no hope for me in some some aspects of uh, game controls here but. <laughs> you, you you need a controller made specifically for Qbert. Yes, I need the Qbert specific controller. If there was one out there, you probably would have already had it by now. Probably, yes. Added to my That would be uh, hilarious if they made one of those like for Nintendo. It was exactly the same except just the D-pad was an X instead of a plus. <laughs> you know what? They made so many weird accessories for the NES over the years that I wouldn't doubt that it's <laughs> something like that exists. Like things He's that are very game specific. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, there were there were uh, Konami controllers for um, uh, fighting games that they made. Where uh, there's there's one for Super Nintendo where you can actually uh, record a sequence of buttons, and uh, like there's five buttons. There's like five presets, so to speak. So you can press the number one, do a preset. Say you want to do like a Hadouken or something like that. I'm sorry, Hadouken. Uh, say you want to do that and that you can program that and then press one again. So then when you play the game, you press the one button and it just does that it, uh, without you needing to do the quarter roll with the high punch or whatever. That almost so, feels like cheating. It does. Yeah, it's, it's very much so, yes. Yeah. I just you know that this, I just looked this up. This has too many buttons for a Super Nintendo controller. Yeah, it's it's got like five presets that you can use. It's insane. You know, that's the kind of controller that you don't tell your friend exists, and then you invite <laughs> your friend over to play, and uh, 
Oh yeah, I've never seen this one before. Yeah, that's that's one I picked up several years back, and yeah, it's it's got the program button. It's got all sorts of lights, you know, the the, the green lights. I I still yeah. don't know what real time does. I think maybe that <laughs> disengages all the presets or something like that, or maybe resets them. But it's hmm. uh yeah, it's a really fun controller to have for fighting games. Do y'all remember the ones that would do quote slow mo? And just yeah. rapidly oh, yeah. pauses and unpauses, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was super awkward to use. Uh, I remember um, my brother picked one up right away, and we used it to, when we played Final Fight and uh, for Super Nintendo. And Final Fight's one of those Capcom games that does that, like, along it, it does this, like, big bass riff when you press pause. <laughs> so it was like... <laughs> and <laughs> it was like slow motion, like one frame every three seconds, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Comes with a free headache. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Um, the last game that uh, I'll Here mention is... Uh, is uh secret of monkey island yes it's your favorite game <laughs> it is it is my favorite game and you put that up today like the timing could not have been better yeah yep um and so i had actually so i i'd played secret of monkey island 2 a long time ago on my channel so long ago i forgot it even happened um, so when I was playing super secret of monkey island 1 this is the first time that i ever really sat down to play it and um, two things struck me. Uh, one is that I feel like in a lot of adventure games that try to be funny, um, I don't usually laugh at too many of the jokes. I see the jokes. I know they're there. Sometimes I smirk a little. Sometimes they're a little cheesy, even though people love them. Um, and that's fine. Um, but I don't usually like laugh. But I feel like in this game, there were like a couple jokes where I like legit... Uh, thought were actually pretty funny, so that that sort of uh, caught my attention. Um, but the other thing that was really notable for me, and then Robert, you could weigh in on like what you love about the game, maybe, but um, was the sword fighting. Um, oh, really? Yeah, this it is was such a creative and unique and perfect way to have sword fighting in an adventure game. I was impressed. I was very impressed. Um, I just, you know, when I read that there was going to be sword fighting, because for a lot of these adventure games, I'll have like a walkthrough beside me and I'll just sort of glance over when I need to know like the next major step. Cause, right. Uh, so it's not an hour long video of you just figuring out. Yeah. Me having no idea where to go, which is yeah. what it would be if I didn't have any guide. Um, but I try not to read like every little nook and cranny so that I can actually experience it as I go. Yeah. Uh, a little bit. But uh, I saw there was going to be sword fighting and I just assumed, oh, like it'll be like you know, an action sequence where you use the arrows and the keyboard or you click on things or whatever. Um, but instead, the sword fighting is really interesting. You get a sword and you get trained by this guy who tells you that insults are like the key to uh, winning a sword duel. And then you go out on like the open road and just get in a whole bunch of duels with like random dudes and they yell insults at you and you try and insult them back. And initially you don't know any good comebacks. So you just start losing but you eventually start to see what their comebacks are. And once you hear a comeback, then you can use it the next time you get insulted. So you basically, it, it's it's almost like earning experience in an RPG, but it's like 
<laughs> there are no experience points. It's like right. literal things you've experienced. You can remember, which I thought was really neat. Um, and so you go, you, you fight enough guys, you hear enough insults, hear enough replies that eventually, you know how to insult anyone on the road and win a fight. And then you have to go and duel this like sword master. And when I was playing the game, I was like, oh, it's, it's kind of disappointing that, you know, the sword fighting is so unique and stuff. And now we're going to go fight her. She's going to say the insults. We'll know the replies. It's too bad that it's sort of capped out at that level of complexity. But then when you go to fight her, she insults you with insults you've never heard. And you have to look for replies that you've memorized and learned on the road that actually will come back against her insults, which you haven't heard before. So it's like there still is replies that you've got that will work on certain insults of hers, but you have to figure out the match. And I was just like, wow, that is so interesting. Um, and it was like a really fun way to have fighting in an adventure game, which adventure games are typically all about discussion and talk and puzzles. So it was like very puzzly and it was really a dialogue way of combat. And I, I, I just thought that was really neat. Um, yeah, it is. So that it's really fun to hear you talk about that part of the game because a lot of people dislike that part of the game because really, yeah. And it, you, you kind of sort of touched on it a little bit when you said it's kind of like an RPG because it it is a little bit grindy because you kind of just have to spend some time getting in as many sword fights as you can just so you can you know hopefully hear a new comeback or hear a new insult or something and um i could see especially if you were replaying this game the grind i could see there'd be like a grind there and it yeah, would be the part you want to get past it is but still but it's not really i mean it doesn't take that long i think like it kind of feels grindy maybe just for an adventure game because you don't you normally have to do that kind of stuff, but it really it's what like 20 or 30 minutes and you've gotten everything you need probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, so take it's all not, that it's long. Really not, it's really not too bad. And, and yeah, I also agree like the way that they cap it off when you fight the sword master and you have to use the same comebacks against different insults. Uh, I thought that was really creative as well. Yeah, I, I basically, I'd never seen something like that in a game before, and it just struck me as the perfect way to implement fighting in, a, you know, a dialogue-heavy genre, so. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I like it. I got the, um, I bought the limited run games uh, set that they recently did of Monkey Island, and it could just, you know, it comes with all the games, and it comes with, like, some other, it came with, like, a, what are they, like, forget what they're called, like a little 3D art box type thing. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, like hologram? No, not a hologram. It's like... The magic eyes? No, I'll, 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 I'll look it up to see what it's called. But it's, it's, a, it's the scene from... I'm not sure if you've seen this, but when he gets tossed and he's underwater. Have you gotten there? I haven't watched... I've watched like... I watched the first like 20 minutes of the video today, but I haven't seen the yeah, whole thing the far, yet. I only got to the second sword fight and then that's where i sort of capped out okay uh, so i don't think you've seen this part but um there's a scene where he's underwater and it's and it's a it's a picture of that scene um so it's got little things like that and it also came with a book where they did honestly like pretty long interviews with a which with a bunch of the people that worked on it and ron gilbert who was kind of like the guy in charge of the game he uh he said that they knew that they like they wanted kind of like the staples of pirate movies to be in this game. 
And one of those things, of course, was it has to have sword fighting. But they they, they didn't know how they were going to have sword fighting because they didn't want to, like, have have an action section because usually because those just usually don't turn out well when you try kind of shoehorning an action sequence into a into an adventure into a point and click adventure game. So they were trying to figure out that, you know, they were brainstorming, trying to come up with ideas and they went and watched a bunch of pirate movies and they realized in all the pirate movies during sword fights that they're constantly just like quipping at each other the whole time. And uh, so that was how they came up with the idea for that. Huh? It's very neat. That's awesome. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So yeah, that's I, I'm it's it is interesting and I'm glad to hear you that you like that part because uh yeah, a lot of people dislike it. But I, I don't and I kinda fall in the middle. I, I do get a little bit bored of just like walking around constantly like, let me fight this guy, let me fight that guy, hope hopefully I get a new insult. But it's really not too bad. And I and I think overall it's done it's it's really creative the way they the way that they handle it in general. Does the sword fighting come back later in the game, or is it once you beat the sword master that's the end of sword? Uh, fighting? No, that's all. That's it. Okay. Um, and one other question for you, because mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was playing it, the one of the bad guys, like uh, LeChuck or whatever, yeah, the ghost pirate, I was really sort of feeling like this is just generally similar to Pirates of the Caribbean, the first Pirates of the Caribbean, and I started to wonder, like. I didn't beat the game or anything, so I didn't get too far. But I was like, did pirates rip off Secret of Monkey Island a little? Has anyone ever n- mentioned that, or is this my so early So I remember you saying that something about that in the video, and I always thought that Pirates of the Caribbean came out first, like the, the, the ride. The ride did, that's for sure. But the movie... Oh, so I you're wondering the if ride- the movie ripped off of the game? Yeah, yeah, because hmm. th- the original ride, did it include pirate ghosts, or I, I don't remember. I know the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the ride had ghosts, for sure. Oh, the ride had okay. skeletons. I remember being scared by those when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, it had skeletons, and you know when you first get on, like, and I'm not even sure if they have this part anymore. I think they still do. But, like, the first thing you see is, like, a ghost. It's like a female ghost piloting a a big boat, a big pirate ship. You remember that part? And she's kind of like singing or something. And it's real breezy. Uh, was she a skeleton? (laughs) That's that's all I remember is, is I'm pretty uh, sure in my head, she is a ghost. Oh no, I don't remember ghosts. I, I I remember getting out to the ship and like the cannonballs and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 But, uh, I didn't even remember there were skeletons. I thought it was all humans. I don't remember the skeletons. (laughs) Yeah, that this was back in like the eighties when when I went. So okay. maybe it changed since then. Well, I I don't I don't think I, I've only seen the first of those movies, and I've only seen it once or twice. I don't remember ever seeing. I don't remember ever thinking like, "Oh, that's ripped off from Monkey Island," because yeah. Monkey Island is is just it it just kind of is like is an amalgamation of pirate movie tropes and. Right. So you would have to take something very specific, I think, to to really be able to say like, oh, that's from Monkey Island. Like it would have to take something way too specific. And so any similarities, I think, are just similarities of the fact that it's like, oh, they, they're, you know, they're both trying to just kind of make fun, you know, just fun pirate adventure movies or games okay, in yeah. this case. 
Yeah, I think when I saw uh, LeChuck, it just reminded me of Barbarossa because he was like a ghost and he kind of looked similar. Oh, sure, yeah. That's where sort of the idea cropped into my head. And, you know, I, I didn't think it was necessarily true, but just for someone who has played through the game many times, I assume, I just right. thought I'd ask. Gotcha. So so overall, it seems like you, you, you kind of liked it? Yeah, and actually, I think uh, at the end of the video, I even um, said, you know, if people are interested... Um, enough people comment asking, then one day I could see coming back and like playing this one through, um, because it's like, I had fun with it. And, you know, um, as I'm going through the styles of one quest, you know, I try and limit each game to about an hour at most. Some go over that, but, uh, you know, for a big adventure game, there's a lot more to it. I'm sure that I haven't seen. So. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's quite a bit yeah. still. I, again, I've only watched about the first twenty minutes, but mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna guess you you probably made like again. You're you're using the guide a little bit, so you're you know probably a little bit farther than most people would be. Did you? You're probably like ten percent in. I would think. Yeah, that that probably sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm 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 super glad that you like it. I hope you play it some more. I, I would like yeah. to. See in here which 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 what you think about it. Is that it? Well, if I do, you will know. <laughs> awesome. Is that all <laughs> that you've got, or is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? Uh, no, that's that's all I got. Well, it's it's um yeah okay. You know what? I was gonna have a perfect segue, but I'm gonna break it up because I want to talk about my games in a different order than than the segue would call for. Um, so I've got two games. One of them is a Virtual Boy game called. Tellero Boxer. This came out in 1995. And uh, it is a boxing game, as you can probably tell from the title. Uh, and you, as you can probably also tell from the title, it's a robot boxing game. I don't know where Tella comes... Oh, you know, I'm sorry. I do know where Tella comes in. Because the box... Because the robot boxers are being controlled by, like, other characters. So... It's like, what's the, wasn't there a, oh no, wait, okay, there was a Hugh Jackman movie, but didn't he actually fight the, fight robots himself? He didn't control a robot, right? He was actually boxing robots. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Pacific Rim? No. <laughs> Hugh Jackman fighting robots. Yes, Hugh Jackman robot boxing movie. Let me see. I was about to say it's like this, but I'm pretty sure it's called Real Steel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were oh, not remote I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. yeah, I don't think those were remote-controlled robots. I think he might have actually been boxing the robots himself. It sounds ridiculous, but... Oh, wait, no, maybe... He, hold on, I'm pulling up a trailer. Let me see. Was he boxing the robots, or was he controlling a robot boxing another robot? Okay, I think they were remote. Yes, they were remote controlled robots in this one too. It wasn't Hugh Jackman versus robot. Damn. So, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so this is actually it. Actually, is the same concept. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys heard, but recently I got a. I, I did get a Virtual Boy for my birthday, and so I've been trying to play some of those uh, games on the podcast. And so this is just the most recent one that I played, and it's a it's a first person viewpoint, just like a. God, now I'm questioning myself again. Super Punch Out on the Super Nintendo one is that first person or is it is it just like 
the NES one. I want to. It's it's a little bit more first person, right? I think it's over the shoulder. Over the shoulder. Okay, but well, your character is transparent. Yeah, you're like wireframe or something. That's or what that- it is. That's what it is. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, so this one is is straight up first person perspective. You are one of the robots boxing against the other one. Um, but other than that, it's very similar to the punch out series, punch out and super punch out where you kind of have to, uh, kind of figure out like, like each robot that you fight has kind of like a specific way that you have to beat him. Uh, one of them, like his head every once in a while, like drops down to his stomach. I don't quite understand what exactly is going on, but obviously you have to, you know, do like body blows when, when that happens. Uh, and just like little, little things like that. I didn't get, this is a pretty good game, but I didn't get and it. And it's awesome that it's, that it's robots that are boxing. It's just kind of like a fun little visual aspect, but I could not, I am so bad at this game because I like, I don't even know if I got past the second fight because, uh, it, there was just too much for me to think about. So, the way the Virtual Boy controller is, you have it's it's very weird. Each thumb has its own D pad, and then there yeah. are basically R and L buttons behind those. And so when you're so in this game, you have a right hook, a right uppercut, a right jab, a right body shot. A left hook, left uppercut, left jab, left God. body shot, <laughs> left block, right block, and then various combos of the above. If you hold them instead of just pressing, if you hold them with both hands, then it'll do a charge up like for whichever thing it is. And so to do a... You tell you my brain couldn't handle those. <laughs> okay. yeah, left block and right block. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, so that makes me feel a little bit better. That that sounds like a lot to <laughs> to you guys too, because I just could not get anywhere with this. Um, to do a right, okay, it's so like to do a body shot. You you press. Uh, okay, okay. Let's try this again. If you're doing a left side body shot, like your le- your own left, then on the left D pad, you press right and Ugh. press. The left button, like the left, like the L button. To do a left hook on the left D-pad, you pressed left and press the L button. If you are doing a right body shot, then on the right D-pad, you press left <laughs> at the R button. It's, <laughs> it's like, again, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing the absurdity of it. Yeah, sometimes that helps. <laughs> and of course, uppercut. I, I'm I'm pretty sure you press up on you know whichever side D pad you're you're supposed to. I don't know why you have to have two D pads, but that's that's this is where we are. Oh, um, maybe they're going for the dual joy pad feel, but uh, couldn't quite uh, didn't wrap quite their heads it. around it. Yet. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess so. Um, but because of the control scheme. I could not like it's one thing to have fast enough reflexes to respond to what the the other guy is doing but then you also have to remember 
what fucking combination does which punch on which side? Uh, so yes, as you can see, as I explained, I did not get very far in this at all. Um, because I just like, I would see what the robot in front of me was about to do. And eventually I would figure out, okay, if he does this type of swing, then I need to do a left body shot, but it's way too much. My, my brain does not work fast enough. I, even if I didn't have to do a weird button combination, I'm just not good at games like this where you have to like think real quick about what about how to respond to a specific situation. So there's that lag there in my brain, and then there's the lag of, okay, now what buttons do I press to make that happen? And it just didn't work out. It's really Sounds pre- like work. Yeah, it is. It is it is work. And it's really a pretty cool game, but it is just too hard for me. Sounds like being in an actual fight. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You're probably not very off the mark there. I think basically you versus the controller. Yeah, you versus the controller. Yeah, uh, it is. um, It's very hard. So unless you have like blazing fast reflexes, then you're probably going to have you might you'll probably get farther than I did. But I would say it's still probably going to be pretty tough. Hopefully for most people, not just me. Um, again, I do think the idea is cool and like the in it plays well. The robots look cool and all that, but it's just too hard. The other game I played, this is where my this is where my awesome segue was going to come in because I was going to mention Jay. One of the th- one of the things that I like about Monkey, you know, there are a lot of things that I like about Monkey Island. One of those is that. The story is actually pretty good and it and it unfolds like you get more and more pieces of the story it gradually unfolds like as you play through it which is actually which sounds like a very basic thing but in a lot of older point and click adventure games they really lack that it's like they lay out the plot at the beginning and then it's just 10 hours of you figuring out how to solve puzzles with no more with very little like unfolding of the story in between. It's, it's like story, then just puzzles, and then like they wrap it up at the end. And they don't do much to develop the story as it, as you are solving all these puzzles. I think Monkey Island actually does a very good job of giving you little feeding you little pieces of the story as you go through it. But I played another LucasArts adventure game for for, uh, for this episode that does not do a good job of that. That is one of the very early LucasArts, or Lucas, uh, yeah, Lucas, I almost called it LucasFilm, LucasArts point-and-click adventure games, Zack McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders. Oh, I've played that. Oh, have you? Yeah, like so, way back in the day. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely way back in the day. I I never owned this, but one of my friends had it, and I played it, a, not a ton, but a good, you know, I, I, I played it a fair amount with him at over at his house. It came out in 1988. Um, when I was playing it, it was probably... 93 or 94 uh over at over my friend's house but um alex what do you what do you remember about zach mccracken and the alien mindbenders i remember the music being pretty cool uh you know this is this is a classic case of you know go to your friend's house and he's in he's all eager to show you all the games he's check out this game and uh, and i'm like like what kind of name is that but um i remember it had kind of that maniac mansion feel to it very much um where you you know you've 
it's like almost like a, I guess, kind of like an investigation sort of a deal. You got to figure out what the heck to do and where you're going and on and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't remember uh, a whole lot about the story or anything like that. I just remember yeah. the goofy name. The music was really cool, <laughs> and and the presentation was was really interesting. It was it was uh, something different that you didn't usually see. Yeah, the the way that you describe it is exactly kind of like my memory of it before I came back and played this. Um, so actually, I did play this very very early on in the podcast, but I didn't <clears throat> I didn't play through the whole thing because it's basically impossible to unless you have a guide. And what I wanted to do this time was go back and play through it with the guide from start to finish just to see how it is. Um, but yeah, everything you said is is what I remembered when I first revisited it back, you know, again, in one of the earlier episodes, which is very, very Maniac Mansion-like, but but really primarily not even, I mean, yes, it is another point-and-click adventure game, just like Maniac Mansion. The main similarities otherwise that it has with that are the art style and and kind of the humor. Uh, it, like, if you look at a screenshot, like, almost you could almost, and you didn't know them apart very well you could almost say like oh this this might be a maniac mansion game like the same kind of like character like skinny characters with giant heads type thing right. uh, everything same art style, yeah 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 same art style everything's very colorful everything the visually the game really looks looks really good um it is like a it is a a humorous game but it kind of i think falls more in the category of Jay, what you were describing earlier as the kind of game where you might like smirk every now and then. <laughs> yeah. They're but, trying to be funny, but just not landing. Yeah, not landing. Um, it's not that the jokes are bad or anything like that. It's just like none of them are like really going to make you actually laugh. Uh, yeah. But okay. But, but so, yeah, besides that, that's kind of like the overall feel of the game. The point of the game is you are a tabloid reporter and uh, I don't even remember how it happens, but you figure out that aliens are secretly trying to take over the earth and, and their, their plan is actually already underway on earth. Um, and you are trying to stop them. What they are doing is I forgot exactly what it is, but they're like, they're using the phone lines. I believe if I remember correctly, they're using the phone lines They've taken over the phone companies or the phone company and they're using telephone lines to like uh, send signals to people's brains to make everybody dumber. That's that's how they're going to take over Earth. And you find out one way or another that this is going on. You got to stop them. And that is the story until you get to the very end, like the whole entire game there. Basically, nothing unfolds in the middle of all of this. It's like, boom, here's what's going on. Now, figure out a shitload of very, very, very obtuse puzzles. Uh Um, And not only are the puzzles really pretty bad. Yes, there are some that are fairly reasonable, but there are a lot of bad ones too here. This also... came before so this came after maniac mansion but it really feels like a step back 
Um, mm. Both of the games were were before LucasArts came up with the all right, like no deaths in an adventure game concept. They were still doing the thing where you could die, and you could get it stuck in dead end states where you know you you lost uh, an object or you missed an item that you needed to pick up earlier in the game, and then that you know then hours later that makes it to where you can't advance. Uh, I always wonder where that came from and why people developing adventure games thought that was a good idea. Oh like my that gosh. was the standard. That's how they started. Why? I know it's it's mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah. I can't rationalize that. Yeah. <laughs> my best I, I imagine it's just to get more playtime out of it. You know, that because it's gotta be right. that yeah. this was back when like squeezing every bit of playtime you could out of a game was was a thing. Uh, you know, as far from a development standpoint, uh, and people didn't have a hundred games in their Steam library to, to you know, like backlogged, and I that's my best guess, but it's it it's not it's not an excuse by any means because it still is terrible game design regardless, but that's probably the thought process I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, but so this does have both of this. It does have situations where you can die. It does have situations where you can get stuck and and not realize that you that you just can't advance because you're missing an object that you needed earlier or you, this will straight up let you destroy items that you need later in the game. Like you can tell the philosophy here. We're just like, let the player do whatever they want, but that doesn't work out in this type of game. Uh, so it is a point and click game. You have like the, the, the typical verb interface. It's, it's, it's interesting looking at the verb interface on this one because it has like too many verbs. Like there, you are there. It has pl- several where it's like you could just use the use verb, but it has specifically like put on and take like put on and take off are two of the verbs because for like a few instances where you have to put on different types of clothing, where you know now you know once they got once they kind of weeded some of these out, you would just use use for that kind of stuff. But that's for kind of from a historical standpoint, just kind of interesting to see. Um, yeah. I remember um, that was the big impression that I got. Um, my friend had this, and uh, it was seriously the screen was seriously cut in half with, <laughs> yeah. with like, and it was just completely filled with words on the bottom. And I was just like, that seems like a. I I, w- I couldn't I wasn't thinking that, but I was just right. like, wow, half the screen is just words. That's that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> like in retrospect, again, it's like, what were they thinking? Because like the next generation of games. You click on something and you could like look, talk, touch, or move. You know, like it, that's right. all you need. That's all you need. Yeah, and and interestingly, this one does not have a talk to button. You cannot choose just to go up and talk to any character. Only the only way you can do that is by like interacting with certain things, which causes a character to talk. Or you can like give characters. There's a give button, which some of the other ones might have that too, but. If you give a character something, then the or or try to, then they might talk to you, or if you you know like interact with something that causes them to talk to you, they will. But there's no option just to go up and talk to somebody, which is like a very big part of of adventure games that came after this. Like talking is like that's how yeah. you progress through ninety percent of them. It seems like. Uh, but so yeah, that was kind of interesting. But yeah, as I so Maniac Mansion, which I said came up before this. I actually really like that game. I think that's a solid game. 
This one is kind of just asinine in the way, in the things that they expect from the player. Like, <clears throat> besides the dead end states and all that, a lot of the puzzles are just ridiculous. Very early on, there is a there's a pawn shop, and you need to well, you don't realize this at the time, but you need to buy just about everything in the pawn shop, and you also need money to travel because the way you travel in this game. The, it's like every it's like two, multiple things are tied together that are bad. The way you travel from one place to another, you have to travel to different cities all throughout the game. The way you do that is you walk to the airport from wherever you are or you know the airport at wherever you are, buy a ticket at this like little ticket kiosk. You use your cash card. You have a cash card is what it's called. You use it on the little ticket kiosk. Then a screen comes up with some cities, you choose which city you want, click it, then it makes the purchase, then you walk through the gate to the airplane, and then you show up wherever it was that you meant to be. Now well, you don't have to go through security. I got <laughs> yeah, this was back before security existed in airports. Man, just destroy the whole uh, immersion for me. <laughs> um, they should add twenty minutes of going through security. <laughs> yeah, you forgot to do that. But yeah. what sucks about it even is first off, that's like a lot of clicking just to go from one place to another, like go into the ticket thing, buying a ticket, then walking through the thing. Like that could have been condensed into like one or two clicks, but not only that you can only access certain cities from other certain cities because you're traveling all throughout the world. So it really, and there's no map or anything. It's just a list of cities. So if you want to go to, Cairo, for example, then first you have to travel to, I don't know, like something near, like something near Cairo, I guess you, you only have access to certain cities that are nearby certain other cities. So you have to like daisy chain from city to city if you want to get to certain ones, but there's no like map showing you what's close. So you just have to be good at geography and like figure it out while you're going to one or the other, which not only is kind of a pain on its own, but that adds like exponentially more clicks every time you want to go somewhere farther away, just because there's, because you have to do the whole ticket buying process multiple times in a row just to get somewhere. But I'm getting ahead of myself. That's the thing you need money for. Other things you need money for early on are there's a pawn shop and there's a ton of shit in it that you just need to buy. And you don't really, you don't, there's no reason to know that you need any of this besides the fact that it's just there in the pawn shop uh, because most of it you don't use until much later in the game. But to buy these things from the pawn shop, what you have to do is you have to get a butter knife from your apartment. Then there's a part of the rug that you can lift up and there are some like loose boards beneath it. You have to use the butter knife on the loose boards, which bends the butter knife. Then you take that to the pawn shop, sell it to the pawn shop owner. And he says like, oh my gosh, I'm an art collector. This is, this must be some, some like crazy piece of art. I'll give you, I don't know, like $5,000 for it or something like that. And that's how you get all the money that you need to buy all your stuff and to, uh, and to buy all the plane tickets that you're going to need. Wow. It's just ridiculous stuff like that. There's one part. I don't even know how there's a, at one point you're on Mars 
and there's a door that you need to open. And I don't know if there's some logic to this or if I just missed something, but to get the door to open, you you just you you have a boom box in your inventory and you just have to turn it on. And when you turn on the boom box, the door opens. Um there's also that's, a- just, that's just classic adventure <laughs> stuff right there. Like that's like something out of King's Quest Five, or you know, it whatever. is. It really is. Like yeah. that's that's the kind of stuff that I was thinking of. Like this sounds like something that would be in like a King's Quest game or something like that. Um, there's also tons of parts where you have to write down like number combinations, uh, to use like in very f- different parts of the game later on. Like there's one part where you're in a some African village. And you give a guy, you give a guy a golf club, and he's like, "Oh, thanks. We're gonna do this sacred African dance for you." And they do it, and at the very end, there's three of them, and they all crouch in a certain order. And the order that these three guys crouch in is like a combination to get through a door somewhere later on in the game. What? Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like it's, I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. Uh, okay, so I don't even remember exactly what this one is, so I'll relive it with you guys here. But I wrote down one of the more egregious parts of the guide that I was reading, just to give you a, another idea. So this is from walkthroughking.com. I used their guide to get through the game, in which, by the way, it took a pretty long time to get through the game, even just using a guide 100% of the way through. So here's here's like a quick paragraph of one of the parts of the game. Uh, oh, okay. This is when you're on the air. So some t- when you're on an airplane flying from one place or to another, there's stuff that you have to do on the airplane to, to get something. And again, it's, n- there's nothing telling you that you need any of this <laughs> or like that you need to do anything, but you just have to figure out, I guess I need to do something here. Cause it's a puzzle game. There's, there's no actual like, driving force here before. So once you do all the stuff on the airplane, then you don't have to watch the, the whole flight animation every single time. But until you do all this stuff, then anytime you ride on an airplane, then there, then it goes to a scene where you are inside the airplane. This is what you have to do. At one point, the stewardess goes to get peanuts for everybody. After this, it says after the stewardess gives out the peanuts, stand up and go to the bathroom at the back of the plane, pick up the toilet paper and put it in the sink. Then turn on the sink and press the call button. Then head right to the front of the plane. Now, as you're doing this, the stewardess goes back to, like, she's like, oh, crap, there's a mess. Let me go back and fix this. Head right to the front of the plane. Open the microwave. Put the egg inside. The egg is in your inventory. Put the egg inside. Close the microwave and turn it on. Go back to your seat and wait for the stewardess to start cleaning it up. Then pick up the front seat cushion and pick up the lighter that falls onto the ground. Then open all of the overhead bins and take the oxygen take the oxygen tank from one of them. Now wait for the plane to land. There's so you're no- just making the stewardess's life hell, basically. <laughs> just tormenting this poor person. <laughs> right. Hold on, you guys don't do all that stuff normally on a flight? <laughs> Where's the oxygen on this plane? Yeah. I gotta go stuff toilet paper in the sink. I'll be right back. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, this is, again, with, with nothing telling you that you need to get an oxygen tank on the plane or anything like that. It's just like, oh, I guess I'm on the plane. I guess I need to do something because I'm here. And that's evidently what... And I remember being at my friend's house and being like, what are we supposed to do with the airplane? Like, Because the whole ride takes like five or ten minutes if you don't do all the stuff you need to do and you just like wait for it to end. We're like, what are we supposed to do? We figured out, I think, that you could stuff toilet paper in the sink and cause a disaster back there, but that was as far as we got with this. We didn't realize that you're supposed to... Put an egg in the microwave <laughs> and then this start picking up like, seat cushions. This sounds like uh, the developer is working on this game and his boss came over and was like, all right, you got you, you got the plane puzzles figured out. And it's like he'd just been drinking all weekend, so he had like nothing. And he was like, well, yeah, so maybe they like, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna stuff toilet paper in the sink and they got an egg in their pocket. They're going to microwave that. And a lighter falls out, and the boss is like, good, good, yes, yes, this is a puzzle. Yes. But it makes sense. It's so intuitive. Yeah. I love, that's the best way to describe I'm describing, yes, this is a puzzle. <laughs> oh, man. It's, oh, and there's tons of mazes, too. Like, not top-down mazes, but side-scrolling, I walk through a door. Now there's three more doors to walk through. Now I walk through one of those. Now there's three more. And they're they're just not for any reason, just besides to make the game take longer to figure out where the fuck you need to go. It's, uh... And sometimes there's not even real mazes. Sometimes, like, if you go to... What's a famous jungle place? Like, I don't know, somewhere in South America. Uh, there are several places with jungles. Uh, when, whenever you're in this place or places, I forgot. It might just be one. There's like pyramids and it's like Aztec pyramids. And once you get off, once you leave the airport, you got to get to the the pyramids. Well, to get there, you, or like, I guess Aztecs didn't make pyramids. You know what I'm talking about though? The pyramid like Aztec structures. Instead of just saying, maybe, I don't, I don't know, (laughs) but to get there, you don't just walk there you walk through and then there's like woods and you there's multiple paths and it doesn't matter which path you take once you walk through like four screens of woods you just automatically appear there but it's like why did i have to do this there's why did i have to just pick random paths in four screens of jungle because it's gonna end me i'm gonna end up in the same place every time there's it doesn't actually it literally doesn't matter which path you take it's just it just makes you walk through four extra screens to get where you want to go. It's well, there and back. Maybe that's part of the alien mind bending part of the game. <laughs> maybe it so. is alien mind benders. Just to show how how dumb you've gotten, you can't remember. <laughs> I guess. You can't figure well, out how to get through the jungle. And it, huh? The aliens have a higher purpose. We'll never know why. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh... It's just, that's the, the whole, all those types of things are how the whole game is like there. Are, and it's like, so it makes it so much harder that there are so many locations in the game. And like one thing you do here might affect something way somewhere else. Or like you need an item here. You need an item in San Francisco that you're going to be using in Brazil or something like that. Like it's just asinine. It's, it's very, very difficult. Um, so yeah, overall, this was a huge disappointment for me. Oh, oh <laughs> and make to cap it all off when you 
finish when you do the very last puzzle that finishes the game. There is no see there's no final scene that happens. All it is is it, the this the char- there are two characters. So it gets to a point eventually where you you switch back and forth between there are four characters that you end up controlling. In this final scene there are two characters. When you do the last thing that you have to do to 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 beat the game, it just shows them standing there smiling at each other and instead of showing scenes of what happens, you, it just has text at the top of the screen that tells you what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate in laziness. Yep. <laughs> it really is. It's like you couldn't have just made like a like I beat the damn game. You're not even going to give me an ending scene. No, we're going to give you white text at the top of the screen of where you were. Uh, like it's like a full paragraph. You know, it's probably 15 sentences that that go by saying like, oh, this happened and that happened. This happened. That happened. This happened. That happened. <laughs> Congratulation. <laughs> That's the only thing it's missing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, again, it, the game has good art. It's got a good feel overall. The humor's all right. But it, the game, the every, the gameplay, the story uh, is just, it's just bad all around. So two different uh, adventure games. We've got one in uh, Secret of Monkey Island where it's like, <laughs> yeah, this is how it's done. You know, it's it's reasonably intuitive and it's funny. It's got personality and it's comes across as like a different kind of game. And then you've got uh, Zach McCracken, which is just a bunch of stuff thrown together. And <laughs> uh, we need some puzzles. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> things happen in this game. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. By the yeah. same company too. These two games. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and a lot of the same people worked on uh, both of them. Well, sometimes you gotta phone it in. You can't always bring your A game. <laughs> you can't. You can't bat a thousand. Yeah. So uh, there's Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbitters. I cannot. I what I was hoping for. I knew the game was kind of was was gonna be difficult and it had like a lot of dead ends and that stuff. I I didn't realize that the puzzles were gonna be this bad. Um, what I was hoping for was that playing through it with a guide, I was going to be like, okay, even if the puzzles are bad, at least like the story is going to be fun and, and, and funny and that kind of stuff. But even that didn't, it didn't pay off. So can't recommend, can't recommend this one. Uh, I think that's going to do it. That's all I've got. And I, I think it sounds like that's, that's all you guys have. Um, do we want to talk? I, I don't think we have, I'll check one more time. We don't have any emails for this episode. Uh, do you, is there any newer, like very briefly, are there any newer game? Jay, is there any newer game that you've been playing recently that you want to just give a shout out to worth it? Yeah, actually I've, so I don't know. It's, it's newer as in the sense of it's in the last decade and most of my games are several decades older that I play, but, uh, I recently got back into playing the division with a couple of buddies. Oh, Um, how is that? It's pretty solid. It's uh, it's basically a, like a third-person shooter MMO, basically. Um, and uh, so I, I play a lot of PlayStation 4 with one friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And like six months ago, another good friend of ours uh, just sort of like really got into to playing as well. So we've been going through a number of games uh, with him. Mm-hmm. And... 
Um, because he wasn't playing with us for the last several years, there's games that we have that we liked that he just never got around to playing. And now he can pick them up on sale for like five bucks, six bucks. So uh, we played The Division years ago. And uh, with our new friend, we've been playing it again. And uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty fun. I don't know. Um, I mean, like, you know, I, I still play a lot of really old games too. Like I'm definitely of the mindset that uh, just because a game is five, ten years old doesn't make it any less fun to play. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, this one's a little older, but we're still having a lot of fun with it. Awesome. Yeah. Alex, are there any newer games that you just want to give a quick uh, mention of that you've been playing recently or, or, or not really? Just Elden Ring, you know. Oh, are you playing that? Okay. Just switching off with uh, my girlfriend every once in a while. Uh, How are you all liking it? It's, I mean, exa- it's exactly what you would expect. <laughs> it's, it's it's Dark Souls, but open world. So instead of, you know, ramming your head against a brick wall um, with the next boss that you can't beat and you die a hundred times, this time you can just run away. <laughs> Do you like the so, Dark Souls games? Are you a fan of those? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a certain old school quality to them where it really is like just pattern recognition, um, uh, emphasis on enemy design and enemy patterns and, you know, dodging. And there's a lot of options for your equ- equipment and armor and, uh, you know, fighting styles and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think I think they're they're pretty cool. Awesome. Well, I've been playing, uh, I'll just give a quick shout about this one. I, I'm sure I'll talk about it more uh, when Jay Totoro is back because I know he's been playing it some also. Triangle Strategy. The, oh, yeah, yeah. The dumbest title, <laughs> the dumbest named what game. What is that? <laughs> that I've played in a while. It is a new Square Enix game. It's basically like Final It's Final Fantasy Tactics, but not Final Fantasy. Um, and it's it uses the, um, what do they call it? Like, H, what is it? You know what I'm talking They have a specific term for the graphics. So it's like HD 2D or something like that. Do you do you know what I'm talking about, Alex? Oh, you I mean like I don't know two why. D and a half or uh, two and a half D. Is that what they call it? Where it's 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 uh um. They have a specific ter- the Octopath Traveler. Yes, type, yes, uh, it's like the Octopath Traveler. Um, I feel like they have some really lame. It is HD two D that they call it. <laughs> HD two D. That's new for me. It's, yeah, that's pretty. That's just confusing. It's pixel art, but primarily like the characters are two D, but everything else is three D. I guess is the best yeah. way of describing it, it. It looks like a diorama. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really does. Cool. It looks yeah. great. I love the way it looks. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is that, but it's a, a tactical RPG. And uh, I'm liking it. The story is very, very vanilla and just basic. But the the combat and all that is really good. Uh, unfortunately, there is a ton of story. Like, sometimes there's 30, 45 minutes of, like, story cutscenes between fights. Um, wow. <laughs> you can fast forward through it, luckily. And then, there, and then on top of that, there's optional scenes that you can watch. Uh, 
so there is a for for a game with such a like textbook boilerplate story they really like their story because there's a shitload of it here <laughs> but <laughs> if you can fast forward past that or just i haven't been fast forwarding it but i have gotten to the point where i'm really not watching any of the optional stuff the the combat's really fun you got lots of characters to choose from you know they're obviously they all have different abilities and that stuff and then you're leveling you know leveling them up and choosing which choosing the ways that you want different characters to level up and that's kind of stuff that's that's great the combat's great but whew, the story is just like yeah i i can i saw 30 hours ago what was going to happen at this point because it's just, because it's so everything is so predictable that's kind of how i felt about uh when i first played bravely default for 3ds oh yeah yeah i know um, yeah i played that too I, I I liked the I, I thought the combat was a bit novel. There were some interesting ideas, yeah. but God, the, the, they <laughs> insist on shoehorning this like utterly generic story, and it's like, oh, you've got the pompous character, and then you've got the wholesome <laughs> right. character, then you've got the the hero who doesn't say a whole lot. It's like, all right, I guess it's the latest version of this, you know? Yep. Like, it's there's nothing new here at all, and it's just like, can we? You know, I'm not asking for Shakespeare here. Can we at least not? I mean, my thing is keep it short if you're going to do that. Exactly. Have your generic story, but brevity. That's that's the hardest part of those games where they they (laughs) no, we need fey acting and big (laughs) accents and we need the dialogue and it's just like, you know, this is an unpopular opinion, but another game like that is Golden Sun for me oh really that i game, haven't played that but i know i know of it for game boy advance uh that uh is is a game that uh i've tried to get into a couple times and it's just like can you guys just shut up like i'm so like there's <laughs> so much text it's just yeah. like everybody has a thousand things to say it's really it, gets old it's really funny because i i feel exactly how what jay said like if you want to just focus on gameplay and just throw in like a very very basic story that's perfectly fine but why why do you spend so much time on the story if that's the case yeah um but i but that being the case as i said overall i i, I am liking it so but i'll talk we'll talk about some more when jay comes back on because he's been playing it too and uh i know he's gonna want to talk about it also um I, guys, I think that's all I've got. Let's let's talk about real quick if if y'all have time. What's been going on with y'all's channels? I know we kind of discussed the channels themselves earlier, but but what what's what what are the new videos that you have had and that kind of stuff? Like, where are you? What 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 have you been up to on those on your YouTube channels? A- Alex, why don't you go first? Well, there's a whole ton of uh, irons in the fire, as they say. Uh, I'm still looking at a whole bunch of like Super Nintendo ROM hacks um super nintendo improvement patches i'm always on the lookout for all that kind of stuff um especially improvement patches because you get to find stuff that like people have made um i don't know if you've ever remember playing the uh super nintendo version of jurassic park uh, oh i only played the genesis one yeah it was kind of cool actually the Super Nintendo one was pretty cool it was pretty ahead of its time but the big flaw was that it didn't have a save feature um but somebody actually made a patch that includes SRAM. 
so it is able to save. Uh, and not only that, but um, someone also made a Jurassic Park randomizer. So <laughs> really, of course they did. Yeah, every time you uh, you start a new game, you get a completely different map. You don't know which uh, which dungeon is where, and uh, that sort of stuff. I love finding stuff like that. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and uh, I have a feeling, uh, Robert, you're you're really gonna like this. Uh, oh, no. you know, you know, somebody somebody made. Uh, okay, so in the past, I've talked about like uh, how there's certain games that uh, get the. Uh, it's usually referred to as a redux or like a redo of, of a game. Like some of the most famous ones are for like Super Ghouls and Ghosts. It's uh, there's a restoration patch that like gets rid of the slowdown and all that sort of. Oh, stuff. Oh, okay, okay. You know, like it, and the Star Fox one for that is really good too. It's sure. it's uh, really polished. Somebody made a patch like this for Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Dennis the Menace Redux. Awesome. And it, it's like, all right, are, are we officially at the point now where it's just people really do have even even retro gaming community? The retro gaming community has just. Way too much time on its hands. It was the obvious next step. <laughs> I guess so. But of all the games to pick, <laughs> I, I thought that was... I seriously laughed out loud when I found that one. It was just absurd. That is really good. But yeah, I love finding stuff like that. It's super fun. Um, you know, I'm also like uh, slowly putting together, you know, like videos on like Super Nintendo cheat codes and like Game Genie cheat codes. Uh, oh, the Game Genie is a good one. Yeah, you like just done, fun. You hadn't done that before, had you? No, no, I didn't have a game genie uh, growing up. Yeah, so I, 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 I never really messed with it. My brother had one for his Game Boy, um, so I'm familiar with like how it works and sure. stuff like that. But uh, what yeah, are, I, I. What are some of the? Can you give us a, a preview of like some of the best or of like one or two of the, one or two of the game genie cheats that stand out? I don't have the game genie ones uh, in front of me, but I do have like just regular Super Nintendo cheat codes that you can do without okay. it. You know, like the SimCity money code. Sure. Oh, where you yeah, get yeah. like eighty gazillion dollars. Um, and then in Street Fighter Two Turbo, you can uh, there's a code you can do as at the Capcom Capcom logo where you can get ten star turbo, and it's just like so ridiculously fast. Oh, it's, I don't know if I knew about that. It's cartoonishly fast. Yeah, it's 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 laugh out loud funny when you see it. Um, and then there's like smaller stuff like um, the fact that you can uh, when you play Contra Three two player, uh, you can borrow lives from each other. Uh, like if if one really? guy's got like eight lives and the other one's only got three, yeah, yeah. there's like a button combo that you <laughs> press to to move one life to the other player. So yeah, it's do just you, smaller stuff like that. When you do that, are is the person typing in the code, are they donating the lives or is the person typing yes. in it stealing? Okay, so you can't steal lives. No, I wish you could steal lives. <laughs> that That'd be would be awesome. Yeah. That'd be Couldn't a total he, uh, the NES Contras, and that was, that was always fun. <laughs> oh, could you? Yeah, if you could, you're yeah. player, the second player dies, or first player dies, they just press start or whatever, and you totally take the other guy's life. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, they need they need to make co op combative again like that. Like remember in Battletoads where you could like beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm, yep. That was always fun. That they need to bring that back. I agree. 
Now uh, it's all now the best you can do is like passive aggressive where like you see a, a full health pizza on the ground and you take it when clearly you don't need it at all and right, your buddy yeah. needs it. Yep. I need it for the points, man. I need to get that extra life. <laughs> I've told this story before, but I when I was little play I would uh I loved Golden Axe. And I used to sometimes I would get my sister to play it with me. She was younger than me. And in Golden Axe, you know, there are three different guys you can choose from. And they they have different uh like magic you have these like magic spells that you can cast and the way you cast them is you have a meter and you pick up like you get pickups that will fill up the meter partially and you can cast it with your meter with your meter only partially full but it's like a weaker spell and the spells are actually different the the higher the higher your meter fills the, it's actually different spells but of course they're also more powerful and whenever you use one it wipes out whatever you have and it's just a more powerful spell if you have it filled up but the different characters have different size meters like one of them has a really lo- long meter that Cast a really powerful spell when you do it, whereas like one of the other ones only has a short meter. And w- inevitably, whenever we would play, I would if I had like the longer meter, I'd say like, all right, hey, I need to get the power ups first because my meter takes longer to fill up. But if I had a guy with a short one, I'd say, hey, I need to get the power ups first because mine's just going to take a minute to fill up anyways. <laughs> so either way, you win. Yeah, exactly. Gaming J. What have you been playing on? Well, I guess you kind of told us on 1001. What, what, what's been going on recently on the 1001? Let's play 1001 games. And what's um, coming up if, if you can well, as I said, we're getting close to uh, 700. Um, and usually when I uh, sort of hit one of those markers, like, you know, 400, 500, 600, 700, um, I try and do like a, a special game and, you know, for the rollover. Um and uh, I will announce next, m- no, not next month, the month after. It's the end of May, I think I'll be hitting 700. Um, I will announce what I will be playing, but I have a game, basically, that there is no hope in hell I'll be able to play solo. So I'm going to be live streaming it and depending on viewer help to figure out what the heck is going on. <laughs> so... That's I guess awesome. a little mysterious as to what it's going to be, but I mean, I've tried to look up tutorials and I've watched oh, really? videos explaining it and I kind of get it, but it's also like one of those games. that's so complex that if you've never played it, you're, you'll just bumble around. So I was like, you know what? I'll stream that one, do a streaming event. Like I, I think if a year or two ago, I did a uh, legend of Zelda and I had you guys, you guys joined in at, at different points in yeah, the night yeah. and I, I did that one. That was fun to do live, so I'll uh, do an event like that. Um, but other than that, just working on the thousand and one, um, playing some games here and there on the side as I usually do. Um, but yeah, just working on that. That's uh, I, you mentioned that in one of your recent videos that that was going to come up, and I think that's an awesome idea. And I'm very interested to see what game it is that you're talking about. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I was, I, I didn't want to like, you know, harp on it on every video. So I've just dropped a hint or two so far, but I did want to start to put it on people's radar so that right. they had, they knew it was coming because it really is kind of a thing where like, if nobody shows up to the live stream, it'll be an interesting disaster. Um, but, uh, when is <laughs> it? I think people usually come and, uh, yeah, I think it's the kind of game too, that people who do play it will want to tell me things you know they'll 
they'll get joy out of being like, oh, you should do this or do this or do this. And so I think I think it'll be different and fun for that reason. When is it? Do you have it scheduled yet? Um, it'll be around the end of May. So probably May 29th, May 30th, somewhere in there. I'm going to, what I will do is closer to the beginning of May, I'm going to set a premiere so it will show up and I'll oh, announce right it. And I'll, so it's like, it'll get on people's radar, but it's just so early now. I don't want to like, you know, mm. people will forget if I try and advertise it right now. Right on. That sounds awesome. Like I said, I'm really looking forward to that. Real quick, I don't think, well, I mean, I'm sure you know you and I have spoken, but this this happened between the last time you were on the podcast and, and this time. One of my favorite moments in one of your videos happened, which was in Brain Age. I, was, I couldn't remember exactly what the name of the game was. I knew it was like one of those brain like exercise games. Uh, but I found it while we were talking. It was Brain Age, and I think this was what you like. You know how you pick out the clips to to start off the the video. If I yep. remember correctly, this is this is the clip that you used at the beginning. <laughs> but it was like the most perfect timing. You did a you did like this little brain puzzle thing, and then uh, you're you you did like. Well, I thought you did pretty good. You thought you did pretty good. And you're like, did it, did it, you know, you're like kind of talking through the puzzle. Then you finish it and you go, yes, nailed it. <laughs> and then it pops up and it shows like what age brain like you, like it, it judges you as having. And it said like 90 years old or something. Yeah, like it, was, that. Uh, it was not a good show. <laughs> but like the timing between you saying nailed it. And then that popped up instantly. As soon as you said that, it like could not have been better timed if you had yeah. edited it. <laughs> Yeah, that game shattered my confidence in my own mental abilities. I'll say that. Um, yeah, that was, that was a fun little game, actually. Brain Age. Um, it's interesting and different. Um, and but yeah, I I thought I was doing well in so many of those things, and uh, I was not. Um, <laughs> although there was one where you had to write letters as fast as you can. And like the touch screen was not recognizing the letters. So I'm oh, like, really? I know how to write an A and I'd go to write it and it'll come out. It's like G and then be like, eh. and I'm like, I know how to spell. You know? <laughs> so it's like, I don't consider the spelling results accurate, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a good one, but uh, okay. Yeah. So anyways, we're looking forward to the, the, the difficult or complicated or whatever it is one that you're going to be playing in May. Call it the scary game. Yeah. We'll call it the scary game. Um, mm. For us, again, all of our listeners, Game of the Quarter will be next episode. That'll be roughly three weeks from now. So I, I would say get in your emails in the next like week or two if you want to tell us your thoughts about Final Fantasy VIII. Jay and I will be discussing it as well as whatever else we played that for that episode. But that's that's the one that we've both uh, you know been, been playing. Uh, I have finished it. I highly doubt Jay is going to, but he is going to at least play through part of it. Um, and other than that, I think we're all set. Follow us at Class Gamescast. Um, you can follow me at King Octavius. Where can everybody follow you guys? Uh, they can follow me at S-N-E-S-D-R-U-N-K, where you can get the uh, hottest sports takes this side <laughs> of the uh, Colorado River. <laughs> Hell yeah. Jay? Yep. Um, I'm uh, GamingJ1001 on Twitter. Or just uh, gaming 
Oh, no, I'm also Gaming J1001 on YouTube. I have an account somewhere that's just Gaming J, and I always forget which one it is, but Gaming J1001 on Twitter or YouTube. You'll find me. Awesome. Well, guys, it's always fun to have you on. Anytime you want to come on the podcast, just be like, hey, just just hit me up and say, Rob, can I come on this episode? And I'll say we yes. We can just strong arm ourselves like on here? Yeah, both either of y'all can because... Okay, we have to okay Jay, we, we need to announce Jay, we're going to need to team up and we, we got we to gotta, like elbow our way awkwardly on like at the last second. <laughs> Do that. You know, in fact, you don't even have to know when we're recording. Just like... <laughs> Just show up. <laughs> just, just call me on Discord sometime. Up, be like, guys? hey, asshole, we're doing an episode now. Do it. Start recording. Yeah. Hit record. Well, I'm going to keep my eye on that uh, the Discord that you guys have uh, set up. So when I see you guys recording, I'm just going to drop in and just be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? What's going that, on, Jay? Y'all are both welcome to do that anytime. It's always fun. Uh, but yeah, thank thank you all for coming on. It was it was awesome as always. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Of course. So uh, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We will be back in about three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah.